What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Finance for Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wren. Join me as we dig into what it looks like for physicians to begin using their finances as a tool to live better lives. You can learn more about our resources at financeforphysicians.co. Let's jump into today's episode. What's up, guys? Hope you're having a great day today. Today, I wanted to share a little experience that I had recently around my health and a little bit of a unexpected situation that popped up. The goal in sharing this is, I think there's a lot of um, financial takeaways from this, at least that I saw in, in my experience. I, I think you might benefit from some of these these takeaways. What I tend to gravitate to on a normal basis is just thinking that you know I'm kind of invincible. I mean, maybe I don't say that, but you forget that your health and your life is actually you know somewhat unexpected and out of your control. And really at the end of the day, tomorrow is never guaranteed. You don't know what the future holds and today could be your last day. And I think in planning, it's helpful to think from both perspectives, from the perspective of, you know, you could live a very long life and you want to make it, uh, optimize it and live it ideally, or today could be your last day. And so you want to make sure you're also taking that potential situation into consideration. So if you're like me, though, you know, sometimes it just takes a little bit of a wake up call or a reminder to help you remember that's a possibility. So what happened was I had kind of a I'll give you the short story, but I had a recent um, just kind of a random eye issue pop up. It was super minor. I almost, um, you know, didn't even I was 50 50 on going to see the uh, doctor, I called the optometrist office and they're like, uh, first available appointments like a month out. And so I'm like, wow, shoot, I'm not going to even bother with it. And they're like, oh, well, actually we had a recent cancellation that's for tomorrow. And I'm like, well, I guess if I'm going to get it checked out, I might as well get it checked out quickly. So I went in the next day and they do my eye exam and they're like, actually your vision's great. There's no issues. And I'm like, well, what about this weird eye thing that I have going on? It was basically kind of like a blurry sort of very mild blurry vision in the peripheral of my eye. And they're like, oh, we didn't see that in the note. Let's check it out. And they checked it out. They took a picture of my, turns out it was, they called it optic disc edema. So my, you guys, a lot of you guys probably know what that is. I had inflammation in the nerve in my eye. And so I'm like, what? when they said that, I'm like, what the heck's that? I could tell that their tone changed a little bit too. They were kind of choking around a lot and then they got real serious. So I was like, uh-oh. And she basically said, you know, <laughs> you can Google it and see all kinds of crazy stuff and or it could be nothing at all. And I'm like, oh gosh. And so she recommended I go see an ophthalmologist. And so I leave the office. Of course, I start Googling it. And you can, you know, it's all kind. it could be all kinds of stuff, anything from, uh, you know, brain tumor to uh, some all, all sorts of other crazy stuff. So I call some of my physician buddies around here and they're like, you need to go see an ophthalmologist, neurologist specialist. And they were able to get me in pretty fast. So I went to go see the specialist the next day. Uh, they do tests, com- confirm the same thing that the op- optometrist confirms. Their recommendation is that I get checked into the ER because it's potentially, uh, we got to figure out what's causing it. So I'm in the ER. Within 24 hours of going to see the optometrist, I'm now checking into the ER. 
and I got to get all these tests run to see what what's going on. So I get, you know, MRI, CT scan, spinal tap, all this blood testing, all this other crazy stuff. And to kind of rule out what's, you know, ideally rule out the bad stuff and just really see what's going on. And so through all this process, I think especially at the point where the ophthalmologist I was meeting with, she got really serious and was like, this is potentially a serious situation. We need to check you into the ER now and it's going to be a few days. As soon as she said that, that freaked me out a little bit or maybe a lot. And so that was the basically the end of our appointment. And so I go from there to go get checked in to the ER. And the time in between that, I had some time to kind of sit and think. And I also happened to have my eyes dilated, so I couldn't see anything. I couldn't even use my phone or whatever. So I just sat there and was just thinking for a while. So I'll share some of the things that were kind of going through my mind. But a lot of them, I think, are the the critical things, ideally, that you're thinking about with your planning. Maybe not. Ideally, you're thinking about it before this type of thing were to happen. And you've kind of gotten it taken care of so that if it were to happen and this does turn out bad, you know, you got your ducks in a row. So in my situation, the tests all came back, at least so far, I've gotten the MRI back, the CT scan, a lot of the blood tests, all that was normal. There was no issue. We're still waiting on the spinal tap results. And hopefully that's all normal as well. You know, I guess I was the situation where it was just a random cause or whatnot. So all the bad things it was potentially going to be, turns out it wasn't any of those things. So all good so far. I'm super thankful. But I think in that that slice of time before I had gotten the testing and right before I was about to check in the ER was just pretty scary time and also kind of an important reminder for tomorrow's never guaranteed. So first of all, I I just want to say a lot of you guys are physicians. I really it helps me remind helps remind me what you guys do and and I I have a huge appreciation for that. Everyone I interacted with was awesome. They just all seem to have a, a very high interest in taking care of the patient and making sure they're doing the right thing. So the main things I wanted to share with you guys were those thoughts that came up in that that small moment of time when really I was like, who knows what's hap- what's happening? I'm thinking, you know, there's a chance I could have some sort of crazy brain tumor and, you know, I could have um, not much longer to live. So that was kind of my worst case that was going through my mind at that one point in time. And so the first thought that uh, popped into my mind was, is my family going to be okay financially if I'm not around? And I think that's, that's natural. The other thought that came up was, have I been a good steward of my money? Am I doing the right things? Have I led a meaningful life? I also thought about values and have I taught my children the critical things that I want to pass along? And then I I thought a little bit about my business. That is a big part of my my life. And I I thought about, is it going to be okay if I'm not around as well? So those were the core four things that popped into my mind is, is the family going to be okay? Have I done a good job with the resources I've I've been given? And have I instilled the values in my children and my family? And is the business going to be okay? 
So the first one is the family going to be okay if I'm not around? Okay. So I have gone through this exercise a lot of times before. So the nice thing in my situation is that I was very confident. I still thought through it again in the moment, but in just a quick thought, I was reassured that, uh, you know, everything is going to be okay. And so I'll just kind of walk through what everything might look like. So you can kind of see what, what that list should look like ideally in your situation. So the first thing, so covered financially in my situation, I want to make sure something, if I'm not around that at, in a worst case scenario, my family is in the, in the same shape financially, even if I'm not around, I'm, they're not receiving any income from my work. I want to, ideally my family's in the same shape in a worst case scenario. So ideally they're at, at, at worst in the same position as they would have been had I been around, you know, I'll err on the side of having, if I'm going to err on the side of having some cushion here, it's going to be on the side of having them slightly better off. And so how do you provide for that? Because if I pass away, my income stops. So if you're young, your income is driving this ship. So what you look at is your current wealth plus life insurance benefits. So maybe you're early in your career and you don't have a lot of wealth or you have debts. So you got to lean more on life insurance. Or maybe you're later career and you can lean more on your existing wealth. But it's, it's typically going to be, until you're financially independent, it's going to be a combination of the two of those things. And really all you're doing is making sure that the two of those combined are adequate to replace that uh, stream of income or the portion of it that's necessary to maintain the same financial position for your family. And so, like I said, I've gone through this exercise. I go through it every couple of years with our finances. And so I know we're in great shape there. So I didn't have to worry about that. The second thing I, I thought about what uh, I thought about was, you know, logistics. How does everything get sorted out? Okay. So like there's a legal side of it. If something happens to me, the will is what kind of, it's like the instruction manual for how to settle all the stuff that you got to settle legally. Now that in my situation, I have uh, wills. Uh, I already have a will in place and I'm comfortable with it. Also, given that it was just me, I was less concerned because my wife would still be around. Um, I would say a much more concerning scenario is if you both pass away, because then you have to have guardians named and that kind of someone has to take your children if you do have those, um, if you have children. And so that's typically a little more of a stressful situation. So I was not thinking along the, along those lines. I was thinking more along the lines of, is my wife going to be okay? Is she going to be able to handle, be able to handle all this? And I know I was not, I don't have too much of a concern there. It's fairly straightforward. She knows where the wills are. She knows who the attorney is. There's trust. There's a trust as well. It's it's fairly straightforward. A little thing that's kind of related to that, it crossed my mind for a minute, is beneficiary designations. I mentioned this in the last podcast, I think, with Justin Harvey. Your beneficiary designations don't, they're separate from your wills and trusts and estate planning. They go, whatever the beneficiary designation says, that's what's going to happen. So uh, in that sort of moment where you're like, oh no, I I may not have much longer to live. 
those are the kind of things that might pop in your head is, oh, no, I have to change my beneficiary designation on that old insurance policy that I had so-and-so on it or whatever, like my mom on it or my ex-spouse or whatever. And so that crossed my mind for a minute. Ours is more simple. I've always had my wife on as first beneficiary, so it's I didn't didn't have a concern there, but that's definitely something that pops into your mind there. Another big thing is having a financial organizer because if something happens to me, I handle most of the finances and my wife is going to be like, she's not going to even know all the accounts that we have and who the contact people are and who to call for life insurance and all this stuff just because she's not doing dealing with the day to day. And so I think it's hugely important if you're married to have whoever the spouse is that kind of quarterbacks most of this stuff, have like a financial organizer that just kind of lists all the accounts and rough estimate of balance and maybe the contact person. So for us, I have all the assets listed with a most recent balance and then all the debts listed with the most recent balance and then the contact for each of those accounts. And then I have a listing of all the insurances and the insurance agent and the benefit amount. And it's, it's really just a one, it's a one page printout. And I have the one page printout with my will and trust. It's in the basement. It's in our uh, fire safety box or whatever. And my wife knows where it is. So she can just go grab that and, and uh, pull it out and it's going to list everything. Uh, and that'll save a ton of uh, time and effort if something were to happen. Another big thing nowadays, everything you got to log into uh, electronically. Now she has, she would ultimately be able to access things because she's going to be the executor of my estate if something were to happen to me. But um, just from a ease of use, it's it's best if she had just all my passwords and usernames for all the accounts I have. Like for example, I want her to be able to shut down certain things or just close them out or whatever if something happens. So I think it's this is where a password manager is huge is having a password manager where you store all of your usernames and passwords for pretty much everything that you log into regularly. LastPass is the one I typically recommend. So with LastPass, I have one master password that I use that allows me to open up the LastPass app. And then within LastPass, it has all the usernames and passwords for every single account I ever log into. So basically, my wife knows where the master password is if she needs to get to it and it's going to have she'll be able to get into every single possible account that i've ever created online quickly and easily and then on top of that just having an emergency reserve like for the short term because that was the you know the thing i thought about too is like oh well what if something were to happen like what if this kind of i did have a major health condition and it you know i had a short period of time where i was not working and maybe before i passed away or something um, that's where emergency reserves can be helpful, like uh, emergency savings. And then even disability insurance can help as well if it gets stretched out much longer than a few months. So those are, I, I think, the core things, like kind of the core topics to that you typically think about in the worst case scenario. If something were to unexpectedly pop up, we'll dig into more of these like in a little bit more depth in future episodes. But for now, we're just going to stick to big picture. The second big thing that I thought about, I mentioned, is is being a good steward with the resources that I have or have been given. For me, 
I just, um, I'm kind of, I kind of lean towards a saver type. And I mean, most people would say that that is good, but I think the risk I have is that I can save potentially too much or be too greedy with my own interests and not be focused on other people's interests. And so ideally, if I were to rank it and in that moment in time, like if I'm looking, if I'm on my last, on my deathbed and I'm thinking, okay, what would I have ideally like to do with my finances in my mind? And everybody's different here, but in my mind, I would like to have given abundantly and generously. And I'd like to have taking care of people financially, like, you know, maybe paying them generously, like employees or people that help me out, like being very generous with compensation and benefits and helping people out that help me out. I would also like to save adequately, of course, but adequately, not, not like excessively. And then living responsibly with whatever's left over after doing those things. That's kind of how my view of being or my definition of being a good steward, what that looks like. I think I can, I definitely can stand to improve here in the, uh, in some of these areas. And this helped to remind me of this. It's, it's, this is something you can, it's kind of a, always a work in progress. I also mentioned that I thought about the values I've instilled in my children. I'm going to keep this one pretty short and sweet. I think what, uh, our culture tends to teach is that if you're to rank kind of priorities in life for most people self's number one like it's all about me and so i think the big thing i think about especially in moments like that is what am i teaching my children and what i want to teach is is more of a in soccer we we our soccer program is called i am third and so i think that's such a great core philosophy or summary of what, how I would view uh, what I would like to teach my children. So God is first, others second, I am third. That's, that's the approach or the idea. And that's easy to say, very difficult to live out, especially because culture pushes the other direction. It's something though that I was reminded of. There's a lot of application to that and it definitely ties into your finances. And I think with my children at their age they're at, it's a lot about leading by example. So it was a kind of a good reminder to myself that that uh, maybe, and it ties into being a good steward as well. Maybe I need to kind of revisit how I'm prioritizing things. The last thing that popped in my mind was the business. So I have I have my financial planning business. You know, we have four. There's four of us working for the firm full time at the moment. We have a few part time people helping. My number one concern, well, first of all, is our our uh, employees, but also our clients and making sure that they continue to be taken care of. In thinking through this, I feel that uh, the people that I have in my firm are competent and experienced enough to kind of take over where I was, take over the responsibilities I had if something were to happen. There's small areas that there would be some issues, but for the most part, I'm very confident that they would be able to kind of take over, uh, which is reassuring. There are some legal things that I probably need to get in order. The one that comes to mind is called a buy-sell agreement. And that is the formal legal document that says if something happens to you, if you, if you uh, die uh, or get disabled permanently, 
this is the legal document that guides uh, how the business is handled. And so in my business, I know at least this is kind of the verbal uh, commitment is that Jen, who works with me, she's one of the other planners. She would purchase the business from my wife because if something happens to me, it's going to get passed on to my wife. In a buy-sell agreement, the the goal would be that Jen would purchase it immediately from my wife and then she could just kind of keep the, the business sustaining. And so that's a missing piece right now is we need to iron out that buy-sell agreement and get it like in place and formalize. And so that was that was another kind of a reminder of something I definitely need to improve upon. But aside from that, I feel very good about, I guess in my situation, I felt very good about the business. In really all of these areas, I feel good. There's always room for improvement. But I could see where if you didn't have all those things in order, it could just totally ramp up the stress and anxiety that's already going to be present in that sort of situation. And in some cases, I'm, I'm, I could just see it just taking you down big time. If you're, especially on the first area, if you're worried that your family's not going to be okay financially, if something happens, I mean, I think maybe the tendency would be to bury your head in the sand and just to pretend like it's not happening. Um, but I'm not sure. Uh, I just know it would be a stressful situation. So I think the takeaway for you is, is if you haven't done this in a while, go through the exercise of thinking through, you know, what this might look like if something were to happen to you, like how to, how do all these different areas, have you addressed them? Are they in order? Have you set up a will? Do you have adequate insurances? Is it organized? Can your spouse access them? Does your executor know where your documents are, your legal documents? Do you feel like you're living out a life that's in line with your values? Do you feel like you're you're being a good steward? Do you feel like you're handling money, living life the way you would like to live? A lot of times just thinking through this can kind of help remind you that in some cases you just never know. Life life is short. So go through the exercise of thinking through this, asking yourself the questions, what if something happens? How are my things organized? We do it with our clients in our planning firm. Every so often, we kind of talk through what this looks like. And if you work with us in our planning firm, we keep these documents kind of internally, like the personal financial organizers. But if you if you want an updated copy of that, let us know. We can send that over just so that you can um, have that handy uh, in your possession or you know, let your spouse know to reach out to us. Either way, especially if you're not working with a planner or not working with advisors, it's definitely going to be a good idea to kind of talk, go through this exercise, talk through this with your spouse, make sure you have kind of your ducks in a row so that if something were to happen unexpectedly, you don't have to worry about it all. Because that's about the worst possible time to have to worry about all this mess of stuff. Ideally, you focus on, you know, staying healthy or getting through it and that sort of thing. So fortunately, it worked out favorably for me, but I did get a glimpse of, um, you know, that I did get a glimpse of, or a reminder of the fact that you never know what tomorrow holds at the end of the day, nothing's really guaranteed. And you kind of have to remind yourself of that every so often. So I hope this has been helpful. Like I said, we'll dig into some of these areas a little bit more in future episodes, just kind of ironing out, you know, how to work through these areas. Uh, let us know if you have uh, specific questions that come to mind 
and we'll see you next time. As always, thank you so much for joining us today. If you found this valuable, please give us a review on iTunes and share with a friend. Also check out our website at financeforphysicians.co for all sorts of additional content. See you next time. Finance for Physicians is not an investment, tax, legal, or financial advisor. All content included in this podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered financial tax or legal advice. Material presented is believed to be from reliable sources and no representations are made by Finance for Physicians as to another party's informational accuracy or completeness. All information or ideas provided should be discussed in detail with an advisor, accountant, or legal counsel prior to implementation. If you don't have an advisor or would like a second opinion, feel free to check out our website for recommended advisors.